Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. When women lead, share performance and profits go up 50%. Results are more powerful when everyone is empowered. This is the insight that brought the four founders of Beyond Barriers together. We came from a diverse set of leadership backgrounds with a common goal to close the gender gap at work and expand economic opportunities for everyone. Tune in each week as one of us interviews inspiring guests who share stories and cutting edge strategies that will help you learn what helped them go further faster. Hi, I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. Having a growth mindset means viewing failures and setbacks as opportunities to learn and grow, rather than seeing them as a reflection of your intelligence or your self-worth. Our guest today, Krista Satterthwaite, Senior Vice President and General Manager of Hewlett Packard Enterprises Mainstream Compute, shares that when you embrace a growth mindset, you shouldn't see failure as defeat but rather as a chance to learn and improve future actions and decisions towards success. However, Krista also highlights that having a growth mindset does not guarantee that you will always win. There will be times when, despite your best efforts, things may not go as planned and you may not achieve your desired outcome. Join me in this conversation with Krista as we discuss how she prepares for difficult conversations, getting what you deserve, and staying intentional and focused on your goals. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you will find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Krista. Welcome, Krista. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. Um, I'm super excited because I know you have extensive experience in the corporate space, uh, you working at a, you know, HPE um, and being very, very involved in um, your, you know, employee resource groups there as well. So would love to hear a little bit about who you are, um, what you've learned along your journey, and we'll just dive right in. So tell me, tell me about yourself. Uh, Who is Krista and how did you find yourself at HP? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me, Monica. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, As a kid, I was a very entrepreneurial kid. Uh, I would start businesses. I would try to convince the people in the neighborhood to join me because we're going to make all this money. So I'd (laughs) convince my friends. I'd try to convince my sisters. Um, My friends were a lot easier to convince than my sister was. Uh, So I, I spent a lot of time and energy thinking about the next business I would start, uh, kind of like a sport. I was just really preoccupied with it. Uh, It was fun to me. So I really knew that I wanted to be in business from a very, very young age. And it's funny, several years ago, I looked back on something I wrote when I was 16 about the life that I wanted to live. And I said I wanted to reach uh, senior leadership positions in a big corporation. Mm. I don't even remember writing that, uh, but I did. And I'm really living the life that I thought I would when I was 16. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is that um, somewhere along the way, you know, it was not a straight line. Somewhere along the way, when I got in corporate America and I started working, Mm -hmm. somehow those visions of what I could do and be faded. Uh, mm. And I don't really know why. Uh, I don't know if it's because I didn't see people that look like me in senior leadership positions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because I was a single mother and I was so busy and focused. That it's like, there's no way I could do this. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if it's because I just didn't know how to do it. But mm-hmm. somewhere along the way, um, I, I lost that vision for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, for the first 
half of my career, I would say I walked around with a blindfold on. Mm. Anything I did good that was for my career, I did by accident. Anything I did bad was by accident because I really just didn't know uh, what counted and what didn't. I was Mm. very job conscious and I wanted to do a good job on everything that I was doing. Yes. I wasn't career conscious. Um, mm. So I really walked around kind of blind, feeling my way around. And one of the things that really made a difference for me was I started reading about uh, career and about career advancement. Mm. Uh, my parents were nurses, so they didn't know much about the corporate world. Uh, so mm-hmm. I learned that from them. And so I went to books and I learned a lot through reading. Wow, that's fascinating and phenomenal. And I love what you just said about having to be intentional about your career, right? It's almost like you have two jobs. You have, you know, you have your job that you have to focus on and do really well, but then you have a second job of really navigating and managing that career. And and I love what you said. I mean, there's a little bit of like, you, we don't know what we don't know. And especially if we are that first generation corporate, right? Um, it's it's difficult because you don't have that natural um, network or sponsorship or anything that kind of happens, you know, for a lot of individuals who may have, you know, legacy parents or just, you know, parents who are in the corporate space and understand how to navigate that. I think that's super powerful. Um, you talked a little bit about that, you know, I think, you know, you did a you did yourself a favor of, you know, when you were 16 years old, you kind of set an intention, right? You wrote it down, right? You set this intention, you had a vision. And granted, even though you kind of wavered off, it still led you into the corporate space. Can you talk a little bit about like, when you started, like, what was that inflection point when you said, I started reading about career or learning about career? How did you gain that clarity of like, wait a minute, like something's missing here. I'm kind of blindfolded. Let me let me figure things out. What was that inflection point? And, you know, I think I saw other people around me for, for a long time. I didn't want to change. It's like, okay, I've got, I've got a job. I like who I work for and I like what I'm doing and who I work with. And then I'd see other people because of reorganizations, they had to change. And I was like, Ooh, I'm glad I don't have to change. They have to change. I don't have to change. Uh And over time I started looking at those people that were changing and all of a sudden they have, more, um, you know, more connections because they're now in a different group and know mm-hmm. a bunch of people I don't know. They're working their way up because they did this experience and this experience and that experience. Mm. And I started looking at a career as a collection of experiences. So mm. instead of thinking, oh, I'm lucky because I don't have to change, I started thinking, well, you know what? I need to change because I'm staying in one place. I'm not, yes. I'm not meeting new people. I'm not gaining new skills. I'm safe in my space, so I think, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but I'm not growing like other people are growing. Mm-hmm. So uh, the first book that I read that was a career book that kind of got me hooked was Expect to Win by Carla Harris. Mm, and yes. that was just a, it was actually a, literally a walk through the bookstore or the library, actually, uh-huh. follow <laughs> the book, read the book. And and that was kind of my, my gateway into career success book. Mm. It's a phenomenal book. I recommend it all. Yes, I love Carla Harris. Yeah, she's (laughs) awesome. 
and our yeah. videos are great. Uh, but that was my first, uh, you know, step in. And that's when I realized I probably didn't know the rules very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was uh, dating my husband, uh, we played checkers for the first time together. And he played an entirely different way than I played. So we're <laughs> playing and he starts taking out my checkers like rows at a time. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, this isn't the way I play. Well, and he starts explaining. He's like, and okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I think I got this. And then he does some other crazy move. And I'm like, I'm never going to win this game because I don't know the rules. Mm-hmm. And that's how it is in corporate. If yes. you don't understand the rules, you can't win the game. And some people are fed the rules um, mm-hmm. because they're coached proactively by people. And some people aren't. And sometimes when you're a diverse person in corporate America, mm-hmm. you may not have as many connections as uh, some of your counterparts do. I love that. And I love like the, the, the checkers analogy when you don't know the rules yeah. and you only learn one, one way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and it is, it's the unwritten rules that help those individuals get ahead. You're like, wait a minute. Like, let me figure this out. I yeah. love that. Now let's talk a little bit about, you know, that moment, that inflection point. You see others and you're realizing that, you know, you were very comfortable in this like safe bubble, right? And realizing that you're going to have to grow. And we all know that the old adage, right? Growing pains, right? It's painful to grow because it's, there's levels of uncertainty and all of that, you know, how did you, did you have any fears or limiting beliefs? Like how did you get over those and despite move forward despite that like uncertainty? Well, you know, one thing, even though I wasn't a person that was proactively managing my career, the one thing I had going for me is that I didn't say no very much. So mm-hmm. if somebody came to me and say, hey, Krista, do you want to try this? Yes. Hey, Krista, more responsibility. You willing to take this on? Yes. I always said yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would always just say to myself, um, give it a shot and see what happens. So whenever I was scared, uh, that was my way of risk taking because risk taking mm-hmm. is a very scary word. But if yes. you think of it as give it a shot and see what happens, it takes some of that risk out of it. Mm-hmm. So I would be always willing to give it a shot and and see what happens. And I grew that way because mm-hmm. I would say yes when people came to me with different things. And so that helped me a lot because, um, uh, you know, otherwise I wasn't exactly seeking that out for myself like mm-hmm. I should have been. Right. And tell me a little bit about like, um, cause you mentioned earlier, right? You, you really like you were able to move ahead. And sometimes you said first half of career kind of by accident and the mistakes you made were also kind of by accident, but how did you continue to move forward? Like overcoming any of those failures or setbacks? Was there ever a moment that like, you know, you had some sort of setback or failure that, you know, in that moment, you're like, oh, my God, this is like a career limiting belief or I'm going to get fired. But mm-hmm. how do you how do you move forward despite that? Like, what did you do to kind of like pick yourself back up and, and move forward? Yeah. So a few different things. One I would say is that, um, and this is, I, I have this presentation I do, which is called the 10 things I wish I would have known earlier in my career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one of them is about the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the growth mindset, you can't lose, you just learn. So mm-hmm. the whole idea of it is to learn as much as you, you possibly can. So if you're that person in a meeting that knows less than anybody else knows, you're growing more than anybody else in that that meeting is. So if you look at a 
think, you know, everything through a growth lens mm -hmm. makes you feel better about everything. So I would try to do that. And when we talk a little bit about uh, limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. uh, one of the stories I like to tell is about when I first got my job uh, at Compaq Computers, which eventually became HPE, which is where I am today. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother, who's 10 years older than me and always gives me great advice, um, I told him when I was a junior in undergrad mm -hmm. that I wanted to get my MBA. And he thought that was fantastic. And he said, hey, you'll make an automatic X amount of dollars. And I was like, really? I can make that much money? And mm -hmm. he said, sure, you can make that much money, of course. And I was like, okay, so thermostat set at that amount of money. <laughs> Uh, right. So, you know, so, you know, two years goes by and then another couple of years and I finish my MBA and I move, you know, and I'm, I'm interviewing and I'm traveling around interviewing and I got the offer here and, mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, I didn't get that X amount of dollars. It was very close, but mm -hmm. I didn't get that X amount of dollars. And I was like, well, I guess my brother hasn't called you yet because this is how much I'm supposed to be making. So. <laughs> I told them, this is uh -huh. what I'm expecting. And I got that exact amount of money, but it was because he set my thermostat mm. years ago. Yes. And so what, what I see is that whenever I achieve something, um, I set my thermostat a little bit higher. And then, you know, it's like, it's bit by bit. And then what I learned is that other people can set your thermostat because my brother set mine. Yes. So it's all about what you think you deserve and what you expect and setting that thermostat um, higher and higher and higher as you go. And it could be a very iterative process. I mean, mm -hmm. I wish I was the one that set it, you know, in, at <laughs> 16 and then, and then had no, you know, no challenges and it was a straight line. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's just an iterative process. And once you achieve something, then you could set it a little bit higher. I love that idea of setting your thermostat, right? And, and educating yourself on what that setting should be and making sure that you are valuing your worth. And like you said, taking it up a notch you know, to, to, to account for that. Can you talk a little bit about, though, because I hear this all the time in some of our cohorts with our women and our accelerators, is this idea of like having that courageous conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And what we like to say a lot here at Beyond Barriers is that like, you know, everything you want is on the other side of a difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. But how did you handle that conversation of like, wait a minute, you know, I set my thermostat at this because I was told this is what I could make. I'm sure it wasn't a comfortable conversation to go back and say, thanks, but like, it's not meeting my expectations. How did you like, how do you prepare yourself for those kinds of, of, of conversations when you set your thermostat and it's coming short, it's falling in short. How do you have that conversation? Yeah, it's a lot easier when you think you deserve it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think what makes it sometimes challenging with, is when you don't really think you deserve it and you're asking for something and it's like, oh, can I um, please, you know, and yes. kind of expecting a no. Mm -hmm. um, if, um, if you think you deserve it, and then you have to, I think, to, to get the best um, negotiating power, you have to inside think, if you can't get it from here, 
then you have other options. So the more mm. you feel like you have other options, I think the more confidence you go into those mm. um, difficult conversations. Uh, there's another book called uh, Unapologetically Op- um, Ambitious, which is yes. a really great book. And uh, and I actually got a chance to meet the author, uh, Shelly, uh, you know, mm-hmm. actually last week. And she's phenomenal. But one yeah, of the we things- interviewed her several, yes, several months she- ago. But yes. yes. <laughs> and I told her I was doing this podcast as well. So but one of my favorite parts about her book is when she decided in high school that she wanted to be a CEO. And when she was working in corporate and she she had all the steps and how long she wanted to mm-hmm. be at each step and all the co- co- the experiences she needed to have. And she went to her boss because it was time to, for her to collect a different experience. And they kind of said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. And she went outside of her company, got the job that she needed for her mm-hmm. next step. She went to tell them and, and they couldn't believe it. It's like, well, I told you this is what I needed for my next step. And I was like, that is so awesome. Yes. I was like, that is so cool. Um, and, uh, and having that amount of of confidence that if you can't get it from, uh, you know, this person, then you mm-hmm. may have to look somewhere else. Um, right. So having that level of confidence helps, I think, a lot. Mm, I love that. And I love that idea, like you said, of having the options, believing in yourself. And like you said, believing that you deserve what you're asking for, right? And so at the end of the day, yes, it's because you've done your homework, you've done your work, you are that top performer and you absolutely can, you know, justify the ask, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and needing that belief in order to do that. Um, and, and yes, it can be easier said than done, but if you kind of really set your goals on that and check, check that list of like, what do I need to do to, to, to warrant the ask? Then absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Um, I would also say the whole give it a shot and see what happens because, yes. you know, there at the end of the day, uh, what's the worst that really can happen when you ask for something? And when you ask for it, if you get the no, understanding like, okay, no for now, but what will get me the yes, right? What yeah. is what's missing? Mm-hmm. And if you understand what's missing and then you can go, you know, get those things, then it should be an automatic, like not a matter of if, but when. And, you know, but when, and like you said, and then if you still don't get it, then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go where, like, I have options. I have options that I can, I can leverage. I love that. Can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, you, you've had some really great, um, you know, in your brother giving you some advice and others where you kind of are, you know, getting the information that you need, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about building those powerful strategic relationships and leveraging your community to really understand where do you need to set that thermostat, right? Or, you know, or someone who challenges you to take it up a notch, right? So talk a little bit about that. What do you do to maintain and to make sure that you're cultivating strong relationships? Yeah, so um, it's so funny, because I'm, I'm not a natural networker. Uh, And so it's for me, it's something I have to uh, work on. I I get along really well with people. And I, you know, I I enjoy getting to know new people, uh, but I'm not the uh, master networker. So uh, one thing that I will say, though, is that I always shop for the leader I want to be. 
so I the, and the store is always open. I can look around. I can learn uh, what I want to do, what I don't want to do, just by watching other people, by reading, um, by learning from others. So a lot of times I learn in observation mode um, mm-hmm. and I'm always kind of shopping around for good ideas and things mm-hmm. to avoid those kinds of things. But when it comes to networking, one of the things that switched things for me uh, when it came to net from uh, when it comes to networking is realizing how far connections take you in places that you don't even predict. Mm. Uh, sometimes you think, oh gosh, I'm just networking with this person. Uh, and really what that that might be is a person they introduce you to and the person they introduce you to and then the, the person they introduce. So it's <laughs> like, that's why it's called a network. I didn't really get the full power of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, initially, I always thought of, okay, I'm talking to just this person. Uh, but the idea of sharing a little bit more of who you are and what you're looking for with more and more people. And then more and more things start happening because at the end of the day, when it comes to getting what you're looking for, there are people involved in that. Mm -hmm. And the more people and so many people want to help. That's another thing that surprised me is Mm -hmm. that, you know, the more you share what you're interested in doing, the more people are like, Oh, I'd love to help with that. Or I know this person. And, um, and just, um, you know, as a as a person who is not the master networker, understanding that it's it's good to have that, um, you know, that that reach out to multiple mm-hmm. people uh, instead of just staying in your comfort zone with the people that you know really well. And and but you never know where those connections could lead you one day. Mm, I love that. And I love like you said, I mean, uh, you know, I find it fascinating that there's so many so many of us that are the like the introverted kind of like you know extrovert like it's just like in small circles like you can be very extroverted but then when it's like okay go network or meet someone new it's like we all kind of clam up and and it's just like how do i do that but i think the important thing that you mentioned in that is that you always had the ask you knew what the ask was or like when you were reaching out to somebody of like here's what i'm wanting to do or here's what i'm wanting to accomplish i think that's key as well right um in in really being able to understand that taking that a little notch higher of the importance of being able to know your unique value proposition and understand what you want to be known for Mm -hmm. and communicating that story, a little bit of the like branding or like who you are. Mm -hmm. How did you develop that? How did you get clarity on like, here's what I want to be known for and here's what I want others to know me for? Mm -hmm. Um, How did you you develop that? Yes. You know, that's a really tough thing because I feel like your own superpowers can be very hard to see because Mm. they're things that are so easy for you and maybe not as easy for other people, but because it comes so easy for you, it's really hard for you to see it. So Mm. uh, in my experience, the best way is to listen to what other people say they appreciate about you. Mm. Uh, You know, when you get compliments on things, what are those things? Uh, What kinds of projects did you excel at? What do people usually call you for. Um, Mm. So those are your superpowers. But it is really, really hard to see sometimes because it comes so easily to you, which is, you know, it's kind of uh, the the magic of you that no one else has. And also recognizing that, um, uh, you know, they may not all come out in the role that you're in right now. So some people are in roles that take 
advantage of their strengths more than other roles. So sometimes Mm -hmm. experimenting with different types of roles brings out some of the magic of that person Mm -hmm. because we're all geniuses at something. And it's just a matter of figuring that out. And And it's tough when you're in a role that isn't bringing that out of you. And you could be spending a lot of time in something that isn't worth your time and something else is a better Mm -hmm. fit. Uh, So I always feel like uh, everybody finding their own place, even Mm -hmm. though, you know, uh, I I see a career as a collection of experiences and even a a tough experience is a good collection point because you learn from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trying to get to where your superpower is the most beneficial is part of your job, basically. Mm. I love that. And I love what you said in terms of paying attention to what comes easy to you or what others kind of come to you for and really kind of even asking around like, you know, what am I the go-to for? And, you know, when you, what do you, you know, when you run into a problem, like what, which problems are those that you come to me for? Because you're right. We tend to undervalue what comes so easy to us because we're kind of in this silo of like, oh, well, this is easy. I mean, anybody can do this, right? But that right there is the misconception that anybody could do what you do just as easily as you do. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful because we tend to undervalue some of those things sometimes. Um, And then really kind of like, okay, let's, how do we hone that even more? Or how do we even start saying, well, maybe it does come easy to me, but it's not what I love doing. Mm -hmm. Identifying what do you love to do? And how do you start letting people know, like, here's what I love to do. And here's how you can leverage me and kind of almost like tailor, (laughs) tailor, you know, um, what it is, tell your own story. And then people start coming to you for those things. I think that's so powerful. And some of the magics in the problems you want to solve with your Mm -hmm. time, uh, what do you lose time doing? What kind of projects do you totally lose time mm-hmm. doing because you're so into it? What kind of things do you like to read? Uh, you know, at the end of your week, what things did you enjoy doing the most? So some of those things can help get you to, you know, where your super strengths are, your superpowers mm-hmm. are. I love that. What if you knew exactly where to focus to go further, faster? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers and the ability to take action and gain unstoppable momentum to deliver results and advance. Take the Beyond Barriers Momentum Metric Quiz to get a personalized report on the five C's, core categories used to measure and accelerate success. Visit gobeyondbarriers.com slash quiz to get your report today. I want to shift gears a little bit because you mentioned, you know, earlier in your career, you know, you said, you know, you were single parent working really hard, your head was down kind of in the weeds, and you finally like lifted it up. And then you still are a working mother, super successful in what you're doing. You're still doing things above and beyond, like, you know, being involved in the, you know, employee resource groups in the, in the black, you know, networks and all of that kind of stuff. How do you how do you do it, right? There's no such thing as work-life balance. I call it, I love to call it work-life integration, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you put the oxygen mask on yourself? How do you make all of that happen? Yeah, so um, I try to be as intentional as possible. So when mm-hmm. I go after having a, you know, something that um, is a is a big ROI, um, you know, so I, I do look at everything through that lens because mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time. Um, but from my standpoint, um, I'm, I'm a... Um, 
productivity nerd. Uh, I, so I do a, a weekly improvement plan every week. Uh, you know, what were my goals? What what worked? What didn't work? Uh, what did I learn? What do I want to do differently next time? It doesn't take that much time. It probably takes me 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but it gives me perspective, uh, perspective and mm-hmm. it also helps me stay very, very intentional uh, mm-hmm. so that I stay focused. Um, I write down the three things I want to get done every day. I write write down three priorities for the week. So I stay very, I I make sure I stay very focused because you can wear yourself out Mm -hmm. doing things that don't matter. (laughs) So, you know, with just activity, just activity, activity, activity. And I I try to make sure I don't do that. Um, I also like to do things like uh, take walks. I like to uh, make sure that I meditate. So I do things to recharge myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mentioned I'm a big reader, so I read a lot. That's another thing that I do to Mm -hmm. recharge. Um, I also have something called uh, key success uh, habits. And mm-hmm. I, I, and this is daily. So every day I have six things that I just rate myself on how mm. well I did. And, uh, and that helps me to keep everything in the focus that I think is important mm-hmm. because I, I feel like if you kind of keep track on a daily basis of what you think you need to be doing to be successful, it really, really helps. So, uh, I'm a pro- productivity nerd. So I, I do all those things to help keep me intentional and focused. I love that. And I mean, that's music to my ears because we're constantly telling people, you know, when you, 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 it's almost those mini goals, right? Like if you set a goal every day or you're focused on did checking in on that goal every day, you have, you have like 365 opportunities to pivot and make it right. But if you're just checking it once a year or once a quarter, it's like, you've let all of this time pass by where it's like the pivot, it's much bigger, right? It's just like, so I love what you're doing and checking in. I mean, we usually, you know, we, I do the same thing. I have my like Sunday meeting where it's just like, okay, what did I learn this week? What am I grateful for? What is my big rock coming for this week? How, you know, how am I going to solve for it? And who do I need to ask to help me solve for it? And if, you know, if I didn't, if, you know, what, it, what went wrong and how can I mitigate? Right. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it only like, once you get in the rhythm, it only takes about 10 or 15 minutes, Yeah. but you know, it, you know, it may at the very beginning be kind of awkward and take you a little longer, but after you get into that rhythm, it's so much easier. And then you kind of set those intentions and it's like, you have a path, right? Exactly. Um, I love it. And I love that you do it every day. I'm like, whoa, you're like way, <laughs> I do it once a week. So like <laughs> your, your six things are phenomenal. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to play around with that a little bit. Um, Gosh, I could talk to you forever and ever, um, but we're coming to the close. Um, and so we have our lightning round questions, which are a lot of fun. Um, you already touched on one of them. You know, what, um, you know, the first one is what book has greatly influenced you? You are a big reader. You already mentioned about two, but if I had to tell you what is the one book that greatly influenced you, what would it be? Well, I would say um, Rise by Patty Azzarello, mm. uh, only because of the time that it came to me and uh, and what I thought it was like the the um, kind of a, a really easy to, to digest how to get ahead book. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would say Rise by Patty Azzarello. I love that. What is uh, your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Uh, I never lose, I either win or I learn by Nelson Mandela. 
I love that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I love the whole, um, the learning, the learning from it. So that's fantastic. What is one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself? Positive. Positive. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I would totally, I totally see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, immediately. It's just like the, you know, yeah, the positivity is there. What is one change? What is a habit, behavior, action that you implemented at any point in your life or career that really made your life better? Yeah. Definitely reading. Uh, reading. I had books as mentors. So, oh, yeah. I love that. Books as mentors. Mm-hmm. I love I it. Did. I did. And I had real mentors too. Uh, uh-huh. But, uh, but you know, there's not many people that are going to spend eight hours uh, telling you from the very <laughs> basic to the very advanced uh, what to do and how to do it. Oh, I love that. I love that analogy. Um, I'm going to seal it. I'm going to start using that. Like, yeah, <laughs> books are my mentors. So this is one of, this is my favorite question of all. Okay. So if Krista <laughs> is about to walk out on stage, there's, you know, a thousand people out there. You want to, you know, pump yourself up and pump up the crowd. What power song would be playing as you walked out on the stage? Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys. I love it. That's <laughs> mine too. All right. I love it. So um, so be on the lookout. We we love to pull all the so- the favorite songs of our guests into kind of like these quarterly playlists. So uh, you'll definitely be part of part of one of them. But uh, Krista, it was such an amazing, um, you know, getting to know you and talking to you. And thanks again for your time on the Beyond Barriers podcast. And I'm sure... I'm sure already that if I don't ask this question, we're going to get flooded with, you know, emails or, or outreach of how do I connect with Krista? What's the best way to connect with her? Um, how would somebody reach out to you if they, they want to make a connection just to hear more about, you know, your Krista-isms? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So that's okay. the best way. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, don't be surprised if people start reaching out, but uh, you know, that, that tends to happen. And every time I forget to ask that question on a podcast, someone reaches out and says, Hey, like, how do I get in contact? So I did my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, continued conversations. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend, or share what you've learned on LinkedIn and tag us. We love hearing from our audience. Visit us at gobeyondbarriers.com, where you can subscribe and find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests.